Hello and welcome to episode 157 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty pumped man, pretty pumped to be have here. You re- have we you survived. recovered? I, I have not recovered. No, it's been a long, a very long weekend for us, a very hot weekend in fact. Um, one of the it's hottest has been for Fright Fest for sure. Um, mm. but it was... I would not want to be one of the guys that was wearing like masks or something. Yeah, that and also hearing that apparently the air conditioning was broken on the Monday. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> yeah, Monday did not sound fun. Because yeah, the cinemas themselves lovely and cold. That was Beautiful. fantastic. But just walking around <laughs> outside was murder. Um, but yeah, we did in fact survive, and we did in fact somehow stick to our plan of seeing all ten movies. Um, which, ten for ten. Yeah, we'll get into it. But it, it is a crazy feat to not miss any movies. Um, and yeah, we've already talked about it in the future. Definitely taking scheduled breaks, I think, is a smart thing to do um, because the yep. fatigue sets in for sure. Um, <laughs> but this year, anyway, we're going to be talking about all 10 movies. Um, obviously, we are large. We yeah, are large for you guys. For sure. Um, but so, yeah, before we dive in, uh, just a, a few quick notes because this isn't like a regular show. Um, if you've listened to our Fright Fest specials before, then you'll know the drill, but there's no kind of news at the start. Um, and there won't be any outro at the end where we talk about other stuff we've been watching. This this is merely. Well, just... am I going to have to do a Puppet Master rollover? You're going to have to wait, man. Uh, the, the, the trilogy of movies that I've watched, I teased. That's going to have to wait. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, next show, I will be talking about at least two Puppet Master movies then. Well, yeah, probably more than that because, yeah, we've got all these. Now Fright I'm Fest watching any more, bro. We've got, well, we've got all these Fright <laughs> Fest shows to get through. And then we've got, of course, probably It is going to be very soon as well. Um, so, yeah, no, like none of that normal stuff. Do we stuff. not get to rest until Halloween now? It's going to be crazy, man. Like, we saw 10 movies in two days, bro. Come on. I know. And this is just a week's worth, pretty much. <laughs> 10 weeks worth of content right there. Exactly. I know. If only that was the case. Um, <laughs> but no, we're going to keep on that grind for you guys. So, yeah, you'll be getting a few of these episodes up, these specials. Um, we're hoping to cover sort of the first movies that we saw on the opening day today. Um, and, yeah, also just th- this will be just discussing sort of the films and the overall experience at the festival. Um you know, because I think context is definitely important. Um, seeing these movies at a festival setting, seeing them on the big screen, mm. seeing them all back to back, it's all part of the overall experience. Um, yeah. And I think in the past, I've very much tried to kind of review these like we do normal uh, sh- films for the show. Um, and that just becomes impossible because, yeah, yeah, there's no other situation where you'd see six movies in, in a day in a cinema. It's just not normal. No. Nope. Um, mm. And yeah, and uh, no one will ever see bullets of justice in the cinema. No, um, you're teasing a movie we're not even talking about today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, also, most of these movies, uh, you know, quite a ways off from coming out, so we will be pretty spoiler free, Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely spoiler free. Yes. Um, Obviously, a couple of the earlier movies are much more recent releases, but we will always throw up a spoiler warning as well, even if we Mm. talk about anything spoilery with those. But I doubt it. Yeah. Definitely, because like like you said, a vast majority of these don't even have uh, distribution mm. at the moment. So this will um, be spoiler free. So feel free to just sit back and enjoy. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Should, should we dive into the first film? I mean, let's do it. I mean, why not? So the so the opening feels so movie, early in our show. I know it's weird, isn't it? I'm like, I don't even know where I'm going to put the bumpers in. Like, <laughs> I felt like I felt like you needed a 20 minute news story. Or something. Yeah, I mean, there has been some stuff, but I'm like, look, nah, unless, it's, unless something nah, urgent happened, like. <laughs> Richard Brake announced as Freddy. Of course, we would have talked about that. Um, but some of the little fun ones, I'm like, we can, we can, we can wait for those ones. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, opening movie uh, was in fact "Come to Daddy." Um, Come to Daddy. Um, I, sh- I should say as well, I'm going to be using the sort of Fright Fest guidebook to get this information. Um, so because obviously a lot of these aren't released, so the internet isn't the best source. Mm-hmm. And so if any of this information is wrong, don't shoot the messenger because I'm just going straight off their guidebook. Um, but, but yeah, Come to Daddy, opening movie, directed by Ant Timpson. Um, mm-hmm. The production of this one is apparently USA slash Canada slash New Zealand slash Yeah, Ireland. Yeah, the director um, spoke about that, how it was kind of like this um, right. odd collaboration of like four places. And it was shot, I can't remember whereabouts he said it was shot now. Maybe, oh, I think it was New Zealand. Oh, I can't remember if it was, right. it was either New Zealand or Canada. And he was kind of saying like how they had to kind of, you know, show Willin from all the different territories to make sure that the collaboration worked well. So it's very odd. Mm. Yeah. Because uh, you, don't, you don't see many like that in the film notes where it's that multiple um, place. But that was why. 
Yeah, with, with this first one, I was like, oh, I wonder if that would be a wonder if, yeah, <laughs> wonder if that would be a trend. But there, you look at it, and most of them are either one or two productions yeah. for sure. Yeah, um, ninety-three minutes long. This one, mm-hmm. um, and starring Elijah Wood, probably Elijah the most Wood. name. Um, but a few other genre uh, people: Stephen McCatty, Martin Donovan, yeah. and Michael Smiley. Michael Smiley. We will talk about Michael Smiley. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> But that's pretty much the, the the kind of nuts and bolts of it. Do you want to give us a quick synopsis? Obviously, yeah, sure. very spoiler-free. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this movie centers around Elijah Wood, um, 30-something, uh, Norval, I think his name was. Yeah, it was a very um, strange name. It was, it? it was an odd name. Yeah. Uh, he looks very odd in this movie as well. Yeah. He has a great porn star mustache yeah. and a great bowl cut. I was going to say, um, not some great haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was the moustache great? In comparison um, to the haircut, absolutely. <laughs> you are correct. Um, yeah, and he's basically um, traveling to this remote cabin to reconnect from his estranged father. Um, he kind of has a um, letter from him completely out of the blue. It's kind of unclear the last time he saw his dad mm. or even if he can even have memories of his dad. Like, it's from a very early age, his dad has left home. Um, see, I'm not even sure if it's, a, like, you know, whether he was old enough to even remember. Yeah. But anyway, either way, he's going there to reconnect with his dad. Um, and kind of the second he kind of gets there, he starts to feel uncomfortable and they don't hit it off straight away. Um, and I guess, I mean, it, it's kind of... It, it it kind of... Norval starts kind of stretching the truth about himself and they start to get growing kind of, um, you know, tension between the two of them. And um, I guess kind of it goes on from there. I don't really want to go too much further because it starts to get spoilery. Yeah, this is definitely one of the the hardest ones to speak about, I would mm. say, out of all 10 because yeah. what you've described is very much the initial setup. It's not and, a horror movie. And, 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 <laughs> yeah, and anything past that is definitely a spoiler. Um, yeah, so. the, the, the horror stuff, when this movie takes a turn for horror, because guess what? This is a horror movie. Mm. Not um, all the films we saw at Fright Fest were, but this uh, is one of them. Nine, nine, nine of them were. <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, the horror-y stuff um, kind of uh, you, you don't see, um, you know, straight away in this movie. Mm. Um, because it's quite interesting because kind of even a lot of the promotional stuff is just kind of Elijah Wood looking freaked out in a cupboard. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's just kind of like, yeah, that's probably the best you could do to like tell people it's a horror movie, but not like give anything away. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the the horror may or may not involve a dumbbell. <laughs> <sighs> Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> I, I almost want to say other things, but I'm like, even that's getting slightly spoilery. Um, yeah, I mean, even, just, I mean, even what we just yeah. read in the cast, obviously, what you've just described is pretty much two characters. <laughs> yep, and we know yep. that there is more than two people in this movie. Um, yeah, so that's kind yeah. of yeah. Spoiler alert: there's more than two people in this movie. Yeah, because Michael Smiley <laughs> is in this movie and he doesn't play his father. I don't. Yeah, no, so no. um. Yeah, it's a difficult one. <laughs> should, should we just give our <laughs> thoughts on it without trying to spoil it too much? Hell, hell yeah, let's do that. Um, let's do that. I mean, obviously, this is opening film of Fright Fest. Yeah. Um, so day one, opening film, 20 years of Fright Fest. Um, this is kind of the the flagship release, if you like, mm. of the Fright Fest pre- presents as well. Yeah. Um, and I'd definitely say it feels like a bit of a bigger production. You know, it's still small production, mm. but, you know, a bit more meat on the bone than some of the ones that we've I've watched in the past. Yeah. Um, obviously, Elijah Wood, um, he's done a lot of um, genre stuff at this point, mm. but he he's still a name that's instantly recognizable and, like, instantly has cachet, you know. Yeah. Um, mainstream public and just everyone, you know, everyone loves a bit of Elijah Wood. Yeah, we certainly he's got do. Damn, goddamn Hobbit, isn't he? <laughs> Um, so yeah, so yeah, going into this kind of, I'd, you know, I didn't really know much about the premise and no more than, than what I've just given and Elijah Wood in it. And I was just kind of like, okay, I'm down. I like, I like Elijah in the genre. Um, I think this isn't like my favorite Elijah in the genre performance, it's, he, he's, he's very good in it still, but obviously he's done quite a few horror movies at this point and this is a very different elijah uh to the ones we've seen before but still has glimpses of some of the other stuff and still you know he's still bloody awesome isn't he mm. um and yeah this this one surprised me actually because i was kind of not 
really that pumped for it and obviously got pumped because it was the opening film and everything else. But other than that, this would have been one that potentially I'd have been looking for a swap for. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If there was multiple choices. Um, uh, but I'm really glad I didn't because it, it turned out to be pretty enjoyable. Um, I thought, um, you know, not going into spoilers, but there, there is kind of a, a fair bit of, you know, comedy in this. Um, and it, it brought a smile to my face and it worked. When we got horror, there was some really good horror in it. And overall, it was just a really crazy story that I really enjoyed, um, you know, being on the journey for, really. Mm. Kind of getting out of that first movie um you know i i was was pretty buzzing still and you know pretty happy with what we saw yeah um yeah this movie i i really enjoyed it quite a bit actually and i was Mm. surprised um like you say opening movie and that's kind of when you're you're most hyped and most ready to go and you get like you know the introductions from all of the the directors of the festival and all the filmed intros and just being there opening night you could feel the buzz for this movie um i will say that like there isn't many movies that i would ever say this about let alone just ones at fright first but i really think that my uh experience of watching this movie was dramatically enhanced by watching it with an open and crowd audience yeah um, because everyone was super into it and like you say i think all of the jokes work really really well this is a really yeah. funny um horror movie as well um and i and i say that on purpose as well because i wouldn't describe it as a comedy i would describe it as a very funny horror film um yeah. because the horror is really really good as well um it's and i think this is a movie that's yeah. interesting and context because obviously we're talking about right now is like the first movie of of the whole thing um and i guess we'll circle back around once we've talked about everything um but i feel like what this movie did really well was it it never at once sacrificed the horror in light of anything else um Mm -hmm. because it has a a fairly interesting story actually obviously we can't talk about it spoiler wise um but it does take a lot of different twists and turns and it is very funny and it's trying to be very funny and it has a lot of funny performances in it and all of that stuff works but another point does it ever turn wacky does it ever turn silly or ludicrous or like okay now it's not even a horror film it still somehow manages to keep that like grounded grittiness to it which i really liked um definitely yeah even though it's 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 just got that charm to it Mm. um that we've we've spoken about a lot of the older movies that we've ventured into and how the when arrow picks up a, a film for distribution it seems like they always have this charm to them and it's not it's not something that you can really put your finger on other than that it just has this kind of almost seal of quality where you're just like, you're going to get some enjoyment out of it one way or another. Mm. And this one just kind of felt that way where on paper, a lot of this, I might not have necessarily liked, especially even when I delved into the story that we can't really that much. Um, I, I don't know if that would have been something that sold it to me anyway, mm. but but just being in it, it was, you know, obviously Elijah's fantastic. You know, we, you know, he, he does carry the movie. Um, when Michael Smiley turns up, he is also incredible. But I think um, uh, the actual Fright Fest review here that I'm just going to completely read, where it kind of says, um, beginning by quoting William Shakespeare and Beyonce. In the oh, same yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> the loopiness starts early on and never falters as tar black humor and gruesomeness gets relentlessly dialed up to the maximum. And that's, I mean, that's a great summary mm. of the movie, really, where it is that black humor and gruesomeness where it it doesn't falter on either and like you said quite often you'll get the comedy and then it goes too far comedy or you lose the comedy when the horror comes in but it really keeps the two mashed together quite well and considering as well that um you know last year we were at fright fest opening film and we both felt pretty deflated coming out of that Mm. And I, I definitely took enjoyment from The Ranger. It wasn't like the worst movie I've ever seen, but like coming out of this, I was infinitely more buzzed. Um, and probably on paper, I would have been more excited for The Ranger. Yeah. Um, oh, I remember definitely so, were, for sure. Yeah. So you know, I think it was it was a good, um, you know, good opening movie and a, and a good placement from them. And obviously, for Fright Fest, it's it's on their own Fright Fest presents label. So giving this movie the lead. Um, obviously makes sense to them but it but it really didn't you know do itself an injustice being there no i think i think in terms of uh scheduling this is one of the best things that they absolutely mm-hmm. nailed for the whole weekend yeah. where i really think that it it it, really, oh, we will talk it works perfectly well <clears throat> as an opening movie um you don't want your best movie of the festival to be the opening movie you want something that is going to immediately kind of gauge the temperature of what the weekend is going to be like and so immediately showing yeah. you a lot of comedy and i do think that was a 
um, something that we'll talk about a lot throughout the movies that they do very much focus on comedy this year, especially just with maybe it just so happened to be the movies that we picked to watch. Comedy and stock footage of Night of the Living Dead. Oh yes, we'll get to that. That was my that was my common theme throughout <laughs> uh, Fright Fest. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, like so so this movie, I think just. It, it set the tone right where it was like has a bunch yep. of horror has a bunch of comedy that works well and it's also like has an independent horror movie that in no other circumstance would you ever see on the big screen and I yeah. think that's what's really fun about a movie like this is that it gets way more yeah. eyeballs on it than it would ever have and it's a really just fun movie um yeah and i think for us it's the essence of fright fest um you know we will be talking and the next two movies are straight up theatrical releases yeah. um and you know you can see them in the cinema at any point yeah. but but getting to see a come to daddy at the cinema you know last year getting to see something like puppet master at the cinema mm. and you know the, the, um uh, a chucky movie or whatever you know these are the reasons why we go to fright fest not to see a theatrical movie a, a week away from schedule so kind of these sorts of things are definitely where i get the buzz and this this was a great one to see you know it it, it really um because it it, it still um because some movies as well the directors don't ever dream of getting on a screen that yeah. big and that quality and so they sometimes do show themselves up a bit but this movie didn't at all no for sure you know, it's not the most gorgeous movie in the world um it doesn't need to be mm. but it, it looked good on the big screen especially like the horror you know that when the horror and the gore happened it it, it 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 popped on the big screen yeah it's a good point because that 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 will show up you know on a big screen um if if things aren't working out well um that stuff will show up um if you're not got the best uh you know effects wise for a film um that stuff will just not look good on the big screen and so yeah like mm -hmm. this blown up on the big screen it still holds up for sure um talking about what you just said as well with the other two movies like in context i almost feel sorry for this movie um because i i feel like yeah following up madness, with, with these two like by far the two biggest budget and biggest uh uh, releases that we're going to talk about fright fest and they mm. just don't seem like fright fest movies at all um in the next two we're going to talk about and so i almost would have liked with come to daddy had it been followed up with like what we got last year you know seeing like yeah. a summer of 84 followed by a mega time squad i feel like they they merge better together um, oh yeah it just it just all feels fright fest um but i guess i guess kind of we're almost moving on to the next movies uh is there anything else you want to bring up about Come to Daddy? I don't think so, no. I mean, obviously, would you I recommend think... this film when it when it's available? Well, we well, know about all movie. I was going to say was that, obviously, we spoke about it briefly, but, like, Michael Smiley was there, mm. and his kind of... Him just talking... Oh, he's great. That, that, guy, that guy's hilarious. Yeah, and, such a great um, energy. Just, yeah, just his energy towards his work and just talking about how he just loves dressing up and acting like a big kid. Mm. And he really was just buzzing to be there, which was awesome. And his character is... Um, Oh, oh, Jethro is his character. Yeah. Um, he um, is hilarious. So the second he turns up, you're just like, Jesus Christ, what is going on? <laughs> um, and th that's what this movie just did. And it, it really just, it kind of, um, it had a little bit of kind of like, um, almost like Lockstock and kind of Snatch vibes mm. to it, where it's kind of like this kooky series of events that just got more and more bizarre and wacky yeah. as it went on, but was very horror-ish. Um, so I think that's kind of... Um, you know an interesting kind of comparison but if you've seen the movie i think you'd get it yeah if you like these capers that kind of start very limited and yeah. small one thing goes wrong and then suddenly that's a uh, you know a rolling stone that can never be stopped and it just keeps yeah. picking up steam that's what this movie is in terms of its energy yeah. where it's like it's one thing then another then another and oh no how do we make yeah. up for this thing and it just keeps going until it's finale really it never really lets up um, i'm not gonna lie the more we talk about it the more i like this movie it's a it's a really fun movie it's one that i would <laughs> definitely you know as far as my recommendation goes absolutely i think that this is yep. one for our audience in terms of the the, the more hardcore horror fan definitely seek this one out mm -hmm. whenever it's available um we know that it's yeah. obviously part of the fright fest presents in the uk at some point um but we'll definitely let you guys know when you can get it yeah worldwide. I, think, I think they may i think they may have said kind of early next year right unfortunately yeah um obviously i think they were talking uk at the time but um yeah whenever you can pick this one up uh because it's certainly worth a watch and worth a buy. You know, it's not not even wait for on-demand release. Just get this. It's it's decent. Yeah, for sure. It's 
So now we move on to our second movie of the day, pretty much the polar opposite of the last movie. Um, <laughs> sort of very big budget film. Um, one that obviously we talked about on the show a few times because um, obviously it's, it's on my upcoming in the US. list. Yeah, it was on, on the my, it was on the, on the list. upcoming list. On the list. And yeah, obviously a lot of people have already seen this because it came out in July in America. Um, <laughs> have we even said the name indeed. of the movie yet? Um, we have it not. Is, <laughs> it's Crawl, um, in case you hadn't already figured that out. Um, and uh, yeah, a movie that we were interested to see for sure because it got very good uh, buzz, but mainly due to the director's involvement. Um, Hell yeah. So obviously the the details for this one, it's directed by one Alexandra Adja, um, who of course kind of made his name in his hometown in, Fr- in France. Um directed high tension or switchblade romance as it's known i think just in the uk but god i hate that title um yeah i hate that title too <laughs> high tension is like such a better name um mm-hmm. and then he's done remakes he did he did the uh, hills of eyes yeah. didn't he yeah um, hills of eyes and piranha and then he did horns right yes yes yeah. i knew there was other ones because it was like i love piranha as well and yeah horns is uh, fantastic yeah i've loved all of his movies you know yeah um so yeah i was def- definitely very excited for this one i mean mm. what, do you want to give us a i synopsis? mean it was the reason why it got put on my list really because i saw the premise of this when i was looking on kind of collating my list and it was on a few websites and i kept like laughing to myself thinking oh look another meg mm. and moved on and then one of them said like upcoming horror movie from alexander adger and i was like well shit i you've got my attention yeah um and so that's why it made the list um yeah, I guess kind of this movie um, centers around our lead character, Haley, And um, there's basically a Category 5 hurricane in Florida. Um, and her sister calls, who's... We don't really know where she is, but she's not affected by the storm. She's not in yeah. any danger. Um, and she can't reach uh, their dad. Um, so Haley kind of, instead of driving away from the storm, drives into the heart of it to find out where her dad is. Um we kind of the the opening of this movie it does take a little while to get going um we initially get introduced to Haley, and we get thrown very deep kind of into the fact that she is a strong swimmer and she's part of the swim team and then kind of a little bit to do with her relationship with her dad as well um and then a lot of searching for her dad and kind of it takes a long time for her to eventually find her dad in their old family home and um he is trapped in the basement and he has been attacked by an alligator mm. and um Haley then gets trapped in the basement with an alligator um and hence the movie cruel they're they're stuck in a crawl space and um that that is kind of the the the, the upshot of the movie at this point um they are the hurricane is kind of getting worse and worse the water is leaking into the basement and the water levels are rising which is really the 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 standout tension of this movie i feel um this slow rising water um and then and then obviously you've got the alligators that won't let them escape um and uh you know uh crazy creature slash storm effects ensue for the rest mm. of the movie yeah <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, going into this one, it was, it was one that, um, is, it wasn't the, one of the ones I was most excited for, certainly not a Fright Fest, um, but it's almost weird to talk about this in a Fright Fest one, because this was one that we were obviously going to see anyway for the show. This, Uh, this was one that, that is very similar to kind of Meg, you know, more, more exciting, but one of these ones where I was like, oh, it's, it's hopefully going to be fun and I'm going to get enjoyment from it. Um, and then you've got that added spin of Azure being kind of involved can he add that special source to it to make it more than just that sort of movie yeah for sure and it got a good buzz which is always a good sign Mm -hmm. um yeah definitely for me personally this isn't my type of horror movie um Mm -hmm. it's not a subgenre that i seek out um you know there's like a shark movie that's coming out very soon and it's not even something we're going to cover for the show so it's not um a subgenre that we particularly enjoy or seek out um but it very much was the talent attached to it and yeah um seeing you know i hadn't really particularly seen a trailer but i'd seen a lot of imagery from the film uh, on various mm-hmm. posters and stuff and so i kind of knew what to expect going in and i and i wondered how whether it could kind of do more than that and um 
I don't know, really. It's it's a weird one to talk about and my personal feelings on it because critically, I don't really have too much to say about it. Like it, it pretty much does everything well. Um, it's mm. really well acted. It's incredibly well made. Me. Very, very good lead cast. Yeah, you know, Haley and her dad are both fantastic in this. Yeah, for sure. Like they kind of nail everything that they they're going for. It's just from a personal taste standpoint, it's not my cup of tea. And I think mm. my main takeaway, and it was kind of my biggest crux going in, and sadly, it was having no seen the movie, um, was the fact that it was going to be like pretty much all cgi uh alligators mm. involved and obviously we're not like these people that are, ma- that are massive on the oh you know everything has to be practical effects um of course we love them but it's not i was like, trying to remember the last probably. time that we called out cg being a problem in a film like it's yeah i don't know when we you know we it's not something we do ordinarily no because we watch obviously plenty of movies for the show and not for the show and we enjoy them uh, whether they have cgi or not and mm-hmm. i think this is a case where for sure like the movies that you grow up on you know the real life monsters um monster movies they have those practical effects but i think that we yeah. both agree that in 2019 the best way to achieve results on screen is for a combination of practical effects and special effects yeah i definitely. think that if you're trying to make especially a big budget movie in 2019 and you feel like you have to only rely on practical effects i would definitely question that um and mm. i would say that i like, think so you're, too. I think... you're not using a really good tool that's available to you in 2019 yeah you know we we won't go into scary stories right now but they spoke about that how mm. it was the mix of practical and special and and it really does elevate things whereas this movie um you know uh kaya is the the lead actress's name isn't it um yeah she she was at the premiere along with um alexandra Azure, which i think is cool to point out to people and it's something that we'll be talking about a lot as kind of not just our film experience but our festival experience this year mm. um and obviously their Q&A after was super interesting. And one of the things she said was that, yeah, it was literally a guy in a green condom suit that she had to play off instead of an alligator or any sort of, obviously not real alligator, but some yeah. sort of, um, you know, practical effect. And I think that, you know, it, it's odd. The opening scene of, sorry, the, 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 the first scene you see the alligator mm. is very reminiscent of the Jaws, kind of Jaws open wide towards the screen, full CG. And it really, it was disappointing that alligators aren't actually like that difficult to um, uh, create practically. You know, I've seen stone, like alligators made of stone that look pretty real to me. Mm. And I think like a a practical effects department could um, make something that looked really real pretty easily, especially as we said in post and add in the CG. Yeah. Um, You know, when we get later on in the movie and the alligators are swimming in the water and it's much more technical, yeah, I can see why they 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 lean towards the CG, but but when you just uh, actors in a room with an alligator, I felt like there could have been something more tangibly there. Yeah, um, that was definitely the biggest thing of like, okay, I get it. When when it's your big set set pieces for this movie, mm. you know, no, this isn't really a spoiler. You can kind of assume that alligators are going to be attacking people at some point. Like what? those those <laughs> exactly um, those parts are obviously you know you're going to want to lean more into the CGI because I think it can be very easily to look at and be like, oh look, they're just fighting a rubber alligator. You know, you don't mm. want to ever get that to that laughable state. But yeah, it was a weird choice because it it very much felt like a directorial choice from from alexandra's standpoint of like we're going to do all of this stuff practical but then this one element that i don't feel strongly about to do uh, practical i am just going to leave it up to the cg department mm. um and i really wonder how he'll feel about that going forward when he looks back on this movie in years to come because you know we like they nailed the look of it looking like it was in a storm like i kind of mm. couldn't believe how well that part of the movie looked um, it really does look like there's some sort of crazy storm slash tsunami going on. It looks like they really went through hell to film this thing. Um, yeah, well, it's just well, a shame it, that the main selling point like they did. Yeah, it's a shame you know? that the main selling point of the movie <clears throat> isn't that that extra element. You know, that needs to be the best part. They they nailed like yeah. almost everything that are like all the other yeah. extras. But then the one big thing of you want to have it be a scary alligator movie. I just don't think that was the part they delivered on. No, it really it really wasn't, and it's it's such a shame because. You know, like you say, you talk about the scale of this movie. I feel like the the storm and the the kind of effects of that are on par with any major disaster movie budget we've seen. A you know, big yeah. budget movie we've seen. The house gets completely wrecked in this movie, and the the water as well. Like some of these films that are filmed on the water and kind of got these sorts of things in, it feels clean. And it feels mm. like you know, there's they've put props in, but it feels you know, what I mean, it feels very. 
um, uh, you know, created. Whereas this just looked like absolute shit in the best possible way. Like it Mm -hmm. honestly just, the water was horrible and it just looked like they were in hell, like, or like just slowly sinking into mud. Um, And I find it interesting that actually in the Fright Fest kind of program, it talks quite a lot about the um, kind of escape of the storm and the the waters rising and that Mm. sort of thing, because that really is the best part of the movie. Yeah. And the alligators are almost just the the crux of them being trapped there. And I would have much preferred it being more of a disaster movie and, you know, something else. I mean, hell, just just let there be like a killer that's stopping them. Like, (laughs) I just do you know what I mean? Like the alligators were the least interesting part of this movie, which is a shame because it is the selling point. You know, it is the poster. Yeah. Yeah. This Um, is a just a disaster movie set in the middle of a storm. They pretty much nailed all of that stuff. Yeah, it's just, and it's so just it, weird that the Gator stuff just isn't up to snuff, unfortunately, with the rest yeah, of the so movie. Yeah, so it is a shame. Obviously, it's interesting because the budget of this movie is thirteen and a half million. Yeah, that's mad. Which is which is insane, and the scope of what he managed to achieve with thirteen and a half million. I wonder if he just got to the end and was just like, "Shit, we need some alligators now." Like, <laughs> I wonder if he just ran out of money or what it was. Like, I I honestly feel like, especially hearing a bit about it from the Q and A, where it just felt like a choice to me where I feel like he maybe either that wasn't something he felt confidently about um, practical wise or just, you know, he felt like that was the style he wanted to go with. Um, yeah. So I, I think in, in regards to right now, he would be like, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with that choice. But I think going forward, when you look at how tough it was for these actors, um, as we, as we heard in the Q and a kind of like these 14 hour long days in these water tanks and all of that stuff just works so well. Like the real injuries look great um, with that, mm-hmm. those sort of effects. And then it's just a shame that you have these like, obviously fake looking alligators that kind of pop up every now and again it really took me out of it as like uh mm. oh, i'm really worried for their well-being in the storm because then it reminded me i was watching like a put together movie at times um yeah i thought it was disappointing <clears throat> yeah it definitely did i think you know i still enjoyed this movie quite a bit i mm. think um you know you you've said to me that um you know these types of movies do have a ceiling yeah and you know you kind of know what to expect and you know where your enjoyment levels are going to be and this movie achieved that for me um with someone like azure attacks i was hoping it could elevate to that next level and it just didn't do that but as far as these types of movies go um i i still enjoyed this one um yeah i think uh you know the 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 things i remember most about it were the the scale and that kind of just grueling situation and the alligators were just there um the interesting thing as well is the alligators never feel like a massive threat mm. um, because obviously our our lead two actors are stuck in a basement, which is a very confined space, and the alligator is massive. Um, and they always feel like they can comfortably navigate and get away from it and move around. Like very early on, they're like, oh, it can't get through the pipes. But yeah, it's like characters... the safe space. Yeah, but our characters are constantly going under the pipes and going into different areas. And I never really feel like they're in that much danger until they get near, like, leaving. Um, and so, you know, and and even, you know, I, I, I don't really consider this a spoiler. As you said, alligators will attack people in this movie. Um, and we do see other people every now and then and kind of... Even when the alligators attack, they never seem like savage, like, you know, a Jaws does. Mm. Um, And I don't like to sometimes draw the comparison to Jaws, but, you know, that is the granddaddy after all. Um, And I think, like, you know, the shark just wrecks people. Whereas in this movie, the alligators, it's almost like a cat playing with its prey, but but Mm. not really because they do do escape themselves quite often. It's just not it's just not clinical. It needs to be more clinical with its kills. Like it. um, And so at times when people are being attacked, I'm just never sure if like, you know, that they're really being hurt or whether they're just going to get their arm, like, you know, mangled a little bit and then they'll carry on fine. Uh, Yeah. You know, it really felt like uh, characters were attacked in the same way and some died and some didn't. Yeah, I mean, maybe that is more of a realistic portrayal. Um, yeah, we, yeah, we don't really be. know because obviously in these types I'm of no movies, 
Like, no. I don't I don't know the difference between an alligator and a crocodile. I'll tell you that right now. Because <laughs> obviously with like a shark movie, obviously, for example, and there's been obviously tons of them. It is very much a case of you need to just stay the hell away from a shark. And if a shark yeah. gets you, that's yeah. the character. Shark, the shark will fuck you, fuck um, you up. Whereas, yeah, I agree with you that, yeah, there are times when, like, especially early on, there's some other characters who just immediately get wrecked by an alligator and they're mm. not in the rest of the movie. And then there are other times when they are quite close to them. Um, but, yeah, mm. maybe that is a more realistic portrayal. But we're just not used to seeing that, but, I guess, but in the movie. With a horror movie, you need to establish rules. Because yeah. Because I feel like, um, especially with an alligator, obviously, um, you know, they are they, they can hunt underwater or, or not. And I feel like if they're the made that rule that like oh okay they're savage underwater yeah but if they're on the ground they're a little bit slower and you can navigate past them but they never really established that rule and sometimes underwater they seem completely savage and at other points characters could almost swim past them yeah um and that was a you know it was a major problem and it did you know that's why this movie just it, it falls into that category of these you know uh, meg type kind of you know movies that the and this is a fun one but it doesn't elevate itself into the category of jaws which just hangs with any movie in the genre yeah um and i think that's the problem whereas i and i feel like with someone like aja and the the way he created the storm and the the destruction and everything else this really could have been something special and instead it was just a, a fun good one of these types of movies yeah, I would definitely say that it's better than ones we've seen uh, yeah. within the yeah, genre. Yeah, ones that we've um, seen for the show, definitely. Yeah, in recent years, and, I, and like we said before, this isn't something that's our bag, and there is plenty of them no. that we just don't cover at all. Um, and that goes to show you that this this broke through that mold, at least, of like, oh, okay, we definitely know this is worthy of talking about. Yeah, we would have seen the this for the attached. show, regardless of Fright Fest. Yeah, exactly. It seems almost like an afterthought, really, which is which is part of it. It was a weird one going in after Come to Daddy and being like, here's this really weird indie horror movie that you're never going to see on the big screen ever, probably ever again. I mean, I, I don't know how many screenings this will ever get on a screen that size. Yeah, Come we don't even know when it's coming out. And then we knew that this one we could see in the cinema <laughs> to the next day. Yeah. Or our entire time at Fright Fest, the big cinema opposite had a cruel like yeah. uh, image coming up constantly. Yeah, so um, it definitely makes it feel less special and less the reason why you pay all that money and all that yeah. to go watch, you know, a film like that. Yeah, and especially being shown the day that we made all of our travel. Like, mm. you know, we we're already fatigued. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, I, I would say, though, with this movie that, you know, if you're a fan of this um genre then you know you should definitely check it out and mm. the spectacle that he creates on the big screen is worth it i think if you know if you're not then you know you can wait this movie isn't going to blow you away um but but you know it is a fun watch you know i am mm. torn with it um yeah because i think the the storm and the spectacle as i've said looks incredible and is worth that big screen ticket but then the fact that like our you know the, the alligators are on the poster you then see it on the big screen and they don't look that great. It's mm. a really conflicting choice for me that I'm not sure about that big screen view. Yeah, I'm, I'm really con um, conflicted on a recommendation as well because I think, like you say, critically, this movie doesn't really do much wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and I could definitely see it catering to more people than myself. Personally speaking, this isn't something that I'm, you know, jumping up and down about. It's certainly not going to stick with me, especially after seeing such a huge amount of movies in a short period of time. Yeah. Um, this is definitely one that I immediately am, like, already struggling to remember. Yeah. You know, the beat well, it by is, beat. It um, is interesting because, you know, seeing 10 movies in that short space of time, it has to be something really good to stick in yeah. your mind. And and this one, yeah, won't do that for me either. It was enjoyable in the moments. The Fright Fest audience were definitely into it, which was fun. Mm. Um, you know, and and but but after the movie and after we kinda, you know, went through uh, you know, our, our, our full day at Fright Fest, I was not thinking about crawl anymore. No, for sure. Um but yeah, that was our discussion of crawl. Um we will take a short break and we'll be right back. And so, yeah, on to our final film of a very long day, uh, kicking off Fright Fest 2019. A very long day. Yeah, so what, <laughs> what time did this last movie start? About half 11? Yeah, this movie, yeah, probably about 11.45, didn't it? In the end, yeah, because um, we, we didn't mention the, the sort of fun we had during the Come to Daddy <laughs> screening either. We got blank screened. Yeah. That was fun, hey? 
Yeah. So I guess what was that about half an hour into the film? Uh, the screen just goes blank, no audio, no visual um, for about 10 minutes or so. Yeah. Or it felt like that anyway. Maybe. Oh, it was. Long, no, but... well, I reckon it was. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the film does restart. And uh, but unfortunately, it restarts maybe five minutes back from where we were. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we get that repetition and uh, it that literally then means the film ends a few minutes before Crawl is due to start. Mm. We we don't get any intro from Alexandra Azure at the start. We have no lead time going into it and kind of that snowballs into scary stories. So it was all this. It was the most compact three movies we had to watch at mm. our most fatigued of the of the weekend, which was was interesting. Um Obviously, yeah, it's so disappointing. I know, felt sorry for Come to Daddy, really. And that's the first time that's ever happened to me. I've never had a movie like Shit the Bed in the big screen yeah. before, which was crazy. I've it was mental it. to see it. Yeah, I've only had it once. And I think, um, but it just shows that actually when we were just talking about Come to Daddy, we didn't actually bring it up because it didn't ruin our experience, no. which is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously going into scary stories very late. We were very tired. We will we will get into that a little bit more in a minute. But do you want to give you a little rundown of it? Yeah. So obviously this this one started at around eleven thirty, maybe even later, um, and is a cool hundred and eleven minutes. Um, Boom. So it's probably I think it's the second longest movie that we are seeing at the festival. Correct. Um, yeah. Because we did purposely try not to pick longer films. <laughs> you um, know, runtime's important to us, guys. Yeah, and we'll get into that more on day two when you're seeing six movies in the cinema because that really does make a big difference depending on the runtimes. Um, Definitely. But uh, yeah, directed by Andre Ovredal, who, of course, for us is uh, definitely his last movie, Autopsy of Jane Doe. We were huge fans mm, of. Great film. Um, great it was, film. It was on our top 10 of that year. And yep. yeah, we're, even though, you know, we're not usually into that type of subgenre as well, but like we absolutely love that movie movie so much and so have you have you got fond memories of troll hunter no i don't really like troll hunter i've only no. seen it once ages ago um and it should be my cup of tea completely because i'm i'm so love all that weird stuff and especially with it being a fan footage star movie yeah. um it was being sold at the time as like cloverfield but with trolls and so i was so down for that movie oh, and so yeah it, had i had some didn't expectations like yeah oh i had some fun with it i, I kind of yeah. like it but yeah, they, those were definitely what put him on the map. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, this movie was kind of interesting. Obviously, he he was again a director who we got a little bit of. To, uh, was it, it was before the movie, wasn't it? Where we heard from. Yeah, him. yeah, we got. We weren't getting anything after. No, I was going to say <laughs> this movie the, finished at like one thirty. <laughs> yeah, the festival was just dead at that point. Um, but yeah, it was nice to hear from him at the start because he, for people that don't know, obviously Del Toro mm-hmm. is attached to this movie. Um, kind of at this point, uh, it's weird what his role is officially in the movie, but he talks about how this was obviously adapted from an ip that is well more uh, way more well known in the u.s and mm-hmm. it was something that del toro always always wanted to do and he was the one who drove this project into fruition completely yeah. um from kind of yeah. concept uh getting the script up to snuff to actually be able to shoot it and then also what he's mostly known for which is of course creature design um and yeah, his fingerprints like are all last, over this movie um the last second he decided to to opt out of directing yeah, I mean, this um, does happen a lot, but especially with him. Yeah. Um, you know, he he got yeah. the Hobbit all the way up to snuff with all the designs yeah, and everything true. and scripts, and then dropped out. So, you know, he is a guy yeah. that is not afraid to do that. Um, and especially yeah. when he's got people that he trusts to continue the project, and this but was a crazy seems, one for him. Yeah, exactly. You know, it seems like scary stories to tell in the dark is a is a mad IP mm. in uh, America. It's also the last time I'll say the full name of the film because um, <laughs> it's way too long. <laughs> but um it's it seems like it's a big deal in america it seems like it every, you know from what from what the director was saying anyway that like loads of teens read this growing up and it's kind of something that that you know a lot of young children have as a gateway to horror in um, america it's something that us in the uk i had not heard of this as an ip until mm. it was announced as a film um it hasn't bled over here at all. No. So it's something that we cannot talk authoritatively about. We can only talk about this movie as a standalone thing. Yeah, like, I, I guess my question to you would be, like, we, we just have to assume, don't we, what it's about? And I guess we're both assuming that it's uh, like a, goops, a Goosebumps. Um, yeah, I'm assuming, like, Goosebumps and, like, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, th- these kind of PG-friendly children's stories that are scary but but child friendly you know i remember just digging goosebumps when i was young and then but the thing about him was even when i was into horror from an early age mm. i would still pick up a goosebumps book and enjoy it oh yeah definitely um 
but yeah, so this movie, um, yeah, like I say, I'm I'm sure these characters and names will be beloved for US audiences, but for me, I'm going to be relying on IMDb because <laughs> I don't really know who these people are. So it centers around kind of Stella and um, her and kind of two friends, and they're kind of like the typical kind of outcasty students, kind of getting a bit bullied. And they end up kind of um, being chased by these bullies and come across a visitor to the town, um, Ramon. And the four of them end up um, going to the kind of the small town haunted house that has the fabled story of kind of the the Bellows family and Sarah Bellows, this girl that basically, if you go to the house and ask her to tell you a scary story, she whispers it through the walls of the house to you um and the characters go there and um discover this hidden passage and eventually discover sarah's book of scary stories and at this point if i was one of these kids i'd be terrified but stella just absolutely loves it and picks up the book and takes it home with her Mm. um and uh, basically stories start to pen themselves um in the book in front of her and um we are then sucked into that story and it's basically characters in her you know world um you know being attacked by these monsters and these creatures in these scary stories which is the interesting thing for me because i almost see this movie as an anthology movie that, Mm. that, that kind of you've got these individual stories that are very different tonally to the the wraparound but it is this kind of fascinating blend of wraparound with the, the the short stories that most people won't describe it as an anthology but it really did have that vibe for me where i was digging the second that pen started the words started to appear on screen this the, the the book i was like hell yeah we're getting another we're getting another little story yeah it was interesting um, that they actually didn't opt for just a you know a voiceover start and then like Hez telling you the stories yeah. and rather like they actually did try and ground this book in their reality you know and actually mm. have characters pick it up and interact with it because yeah you could easily just take it as a tales from the crypt and just have a you know once upon a time here's a story sort yeah. of yeah and because obviously um, we don't know any of these characters or these stories, mm. but it seems like these, you know, the Scarecrow and these other things are quite well-known characters from the books. Um, so it could have been its own anthology of these characters, but it did a really good job of having the a, a good cohesive, you know, it, it, it isn't really an anthology with a wraparound mm. because it is so cohesive and well done. Um but it is interesting that it still kind of took that approach, whereas like something like the Goosebumps movie, and I think it's important to talk about these two movies together. Um, I would have thought would have been more anthology, and it wasn't at all. Mm. It was just like a a, a best of of the characters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of the, the setup of this movie. We we can't really go too much more into it because it does get into spoiler territory. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's important to to go into the other uh issue with this movie and that was our our tiredness and our fatigue yeah it is such a shame because um this is has to be like the biggest asterisk i've ever put against any discussion we've had on the show since we Mm. started it really um and this was a movie that i was really excited for like this was one of the ones that i've been looking forward to for a while and was really disappointed that we didn't get it sort of straight away um and then yeah with with our whole long day which starts very early and we have to do a a lot of traveling to get to fright fest from where we are based that involves cars trains underground lots of walking um and as we and it was warm yeah as we discussed previously a little bit hot in the uk at the minute and of course um as as little britishers we get very scared when it's very hot we don't we don't understand heat no we just can't handle it our skin's not made for it and uh so so we were already struggling at this point and um from the heat from the fatigue and then yeah getting into the screening with all the delays and everything and even though we got a lovely introduction from the director of a movie that i was very excited to see um i could i really struggled to stay awake um in particular the final third of this movie i was Mm -hmm in and out of consciousness for the entire time (laughs) and it's such a shame because i was genuinely looking forward to this movie and so to try not to harp on about that too much but obviously i have to put that out there because i honestly feel like i can't really judge this movie um certainly if if this was a normal review for the show i would refuse to even review it and i would have to watch it another time because quite frankly this movie deserves better than what i got my my um experience of watching it um but the actual film itself like i i thought it started really strong i loved like the opening 20 minutes or so um i I thought it was a really it cleverly introduced all these characters but then also showing you these little hints 
moments of the book and stuff. Um, especially mm-hmm. our lead character. I can't remember what her name was, but the um, Stella. Uh, is that yeah is she the one who finds yeah. the book yeah um yeah. because yeah. obviously we're introduced to her as kind of like a horror fan and also a, a aspiring author and so i thought yeah. that was a yeah. really fun element to throw in there of like she would be interested in this like creepy you know stories um that she would find this book mm-hmm. so it isn't just preposterous you know like the whole the start of like these evil dead movies where it's like why are these dumb kids reading from this like book with a face oh yeah it? definitely and it, and it and it doesn't seem like a book that's like inherently evil either yeah yeah like you know it it isn't it isn't the book of the dead no exactly so i thought that was a clever touch of like Mm -hmm. okay i actually believe this to be grounded within this world um once it gets going and it ends up being kind of like a a slasher movie really where with each killing being this fun little story totally Mm -hmm. down for that i thought they were really fun like especially the opening three or four were all really creative stuff and i liked how they really played upon um kids fears in a lot of the in a lot of the uh the killings um without spoiling it at all but like the one involving the zit i thought was it's just awesome um because it's yeah, something that, was... that like kids go through a lot um oh, you know awesome. worrying about how as well yeah you know. like that was such a cool little moment such a... yeah i mean that whole sequence was incredibly well shot and really scary and, and one of my favorite deaths i think i saw over the weekend which i was not expecting from this mm-hmm. movie um and yeah like like i say before we get to you know the the, fu- the finale and, and maybe that was the finale's fault or maybe that was just the fatigue but the early stuff i was really enjoying um and the yeah. creature design obviously as well like really stood out um but yeah what did you what did you think of sort of the intro i guess before before we get into the end bits well i think um i definitely have the same problems with you with tiredness and fatigue mm. like i don't think i was quite as bad in the final act but i was definitely fading in and out a bit yeah um i think um the I, I do completely agree with you that the, the, the start is strong. I like the characters. The second we got into those stories and, you know, the, the first story is the Scarecrow and kind of that was amazing. It was the best scene in the movie. Um, and each one of those, you know, stories, death sequences, whatever you want to call them, were really interesting and really good and really, you know, the best parts. Mm. Um, as soon as we got into that final act and we did get our kind of um uh almost a bit of a conventional ghost story at this point they're exploring sarah and her past and how they can help free the spirit and stop these stories from happening and it was when my, that my interest did drop and then my consciousness suffered massively because of it mm. because of the tiredness and i do think that you know, if I'd have been as pumped as I was at the op- the first half, I wonder if fatigue would have set in as strong. Yeah. Um. So I do think it is important to note that that you know, we saw a very late night movie the following day, and that was a very different kettle of fish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think um you have to get that scheduling right. Yeah. And it was th- this was a big problem with this movie. Um. So yeah, overall, I did enjoy it. I think the the biggest conversation to come out of this movie is that obviously this is labelled as um, a child friendly horror movie, and um, I personally don't think it is that child friendly. Um, and apparently, the the BBFC agree with me uh, mm. because this movie is a fifteen in the UK, um, and. That is a that is a big deal, and I think it's um worth pointing out. And I think that um, you know, in the US, it's a PG thirteen, which is a vastly different rating to to a fifteen in the UK. And we've seen movies like you know, most movies we've reviewed for the show in this year have been a fifteen. Yeah, most um, movies are. The, it's the very one, rare that you see like an eighteen. Yeah, yeah, the one that sticks out for me is like Child's Play, where that movie mm. was violent and had a lot of things in it, and that's a fifteen. Um, and I think that, um, you know, looking at that and looking at how they've advertised it, I don't think that's what this movie turned out to be that there were scenes in this movie that was among the scariest that I saw at Fright Fest. Um, you know, we, you know, when we get to our overall thoughts of the, the Fright Fest and that, I think, um, when I was kind of halfway through the movies, I was thinking to myself, I haven't really been like scared and tense. I've had a lot of enjoyment. I've had a lot of good gore and I've had a lot of things, but that was one of the things that I didn't get a lot of at Fright Fest. And one of the movies that gave it to me the most was this movie that, um, you know, is advertised as a, you know, child friendly horror movie, uh, mm. I think is, is kind of weird. And, um, 
I definitely wouldn't recommend this to people with young children as an entry level. Um, you know, especially kind of, I guess, you know, young, you know, real young as a first ever horror movie. And I think Goosebumps did a really good job of being something that's not for our audience, but it's a really good entry level. And I think this one at that point with the 15 rating doesn't become horror enough to, to blend into that category. And it really missed the step and is kind of between both worlds where 80% of it is relatively child-friendly, but it does explore some real adult themes and then has some real horror in it that then I think makes it unsuitable. And I think, you know, justifiably got the 15. Yeah. It's, it's a weird one. Like I wonder what they were thinking when they released it over here. And the Mm. other aspect of it as well is because we don't really know because we obviously don't see movies in America, but you hear a lot about like the MPAA and the battle of, of censorship and that sort of stuff. And it's weird to see this movie. Namely from Rob Zombie. Yeah. It's weird to see this movie. I got him in. I got him in. God damn it. Um, it's weird to see this movie get a PG-13 um, with as violent it is. Because like you said, I agree with you. You watch this and I go, yeah, yeah I, I kind of feel like a 15 is right. Um, mm. Because they probably wanted this to be a 12A, which is which is way more in line with the PG-13 in the UK. Mm. And it's not. And, you know, it's not as violent as an 18, obviously. but And it's also not as violent as 15s we've seen this year. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely in that weird spot where... I, I agree with you. There's some really violent stuff in this to the point where I'm like, no, you also... can't be showing this to kids yet. Like, this mm. is not Goosebumps level. This is not what I've seen of, like, um, I have not actually seen House with a Clock in Its Walls yet, but no, that looks very yet. more focused on the kid audience and doesn't look yeah. like I, I'd be surprised if it had anything as violent as what this movie No, has. hence why I didn't watch it, you know, yet. yeah. Um, and it is super interesting because I think this movie gets it because it is scary as well. Mm. You know, the scarecrow scene was pretty scary. And later on kind of Ramon is being chased by this monster that I think is really scary. Yeah. And I think is way too scary for a, for a younger audience. Um, and so at that point we are then talking about it as a regular film for this show. And I don't think it then hangs horror wise because it doesn't go deep enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it is a weird one. middle ground, um, but it is still an enjoyable movie. You know, mm. it, 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 the the creature design really does stand out. And um, like I say, I've said it a few times, but that whole scarecrow scene, I could have done with that being longer because it was great. Yeah, uh, I even was surprised. It being a long movie because it, it was with, relatively short, wasn't it? That's yeah. With with the scarecrow being like the primary promotional image, um, and with mm. this movie being a pretty long movie, yeah, I was very surprised with how quickly that scene was over and done with. Um, yeah, the, the only other major thing that stood out to me was the setting with this movie being set in the 60s. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked that as a change of pace. Like, we we obviously love the 80s stuff, but we just see it yeah. so much now. And I feel like if you don't set your movie in, in 2019 or whatever, I feel like yeah, it's always just the 80s. 80s. And I'm kind of sick of that now, and I like to see someone take a different stab at it. So I loved it. And I think that'll be a different change of pace and, and will off-put some people because the kids won't talk the way they think kids will talk in a horror movie because yeah. they just see the 80s. You know, it's way more yeah. old fashion and they're it's like oh th- it's not like it and stranger things hang on yeah it, this is way more greaser <laughs> culture this is way more a bit silly um you know like pranking each other and the way they speak there's not going to be any like dirty swear words or anything like that because that's not the way people talked in the 60s so i liked that as a refreshing style mm. and i thought that grounded the movie well um and that was just a small choice that they made that i i liked but um Overall, like yeah. I'd like to see this movie again in the future because I really feel like it has been hampered my my kind of enjoyment of it, and 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 I think just it would be a, a fun bookend for both of us just to be like because we definitely have issues with the finale as well without going yeah. into spoilers, um because it definitely feels like it steps away from telling scary stories and ultimately just becomes yeah, more of like a generic ghost a, story. It becomes a story about Sarah Burrows and or Bellows or whatever it is, and yeah. not about you know the the book telling stories, which was the fun part. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it being set in the 60s is cool and it is refreshing because um, we've seen it parodied a lot. Obviously, it was it was a lot of horror movies set, you know, when you were doing a throwback, it'd be in the 60s and it's kind of been done to death. And now the fact that we've not seen it in a while, it it was it was cool to see that again. And I definitely did like the aesthetic of it. Mm. Um, And yeah, I, I really do want to check this one out again because I feel like we can't fully you know, give it our opinions. But I still think that I, I got enough from it to know that it it wasn't quite what I hoped it to be. Yeah. Um, 
yeah i think i I think i agree but it's also i think there's actually something there and i hope this movie does well because i think that Mm. there's more that he can pull from this in the future yeah i think it's doubled its budget already like uh what was it i think i had it here a second ago um so it's a 25 mil budget and it did 50 in the u.s yeah so, which, which is obviously because they're all they're obviously always other costs other than what they state as the budget because it mm. seems like nowadays they don't even include advertising which is yeah, such which a huge is bar um and 25 yeah. million is a big budget horror movie in mm. this day and age um yeah you know we talk about bloomhouse all the time and how they just it's insane how they're able to do what they do with like five million dollar movies yeah um so yeah, yeah and you think interesting of the scale of something like crawl and yeah you know it, it was it was 15 you know mm. and so um, it is interesting, um, but but yeah, I hope it does well as well. I'd like to see more. They they were very keen to want to do more by the sounds of it as well. Yeah, um, so cool. I'd be I'd be down for more. Um, yeah. but yeah, I guess. Um, I, I, have you gone? Have we gone proper recommendations? Yeah, I mean, not like this is a difficult one again. It's uh, I hate saying the same things all the time because I feel like it's there's a lot of parallels with Crawl here. Um, mm. but I feel like it's if not only one is it difficult for me to judge this movie based upon what I did see. Um, but it's not. I don't think it caters to our audience, the no. hardcore listening to podcasts about horror audience. And I also feel like if you are that and you have a young one like yourself, I also don't think it caters that audience that well. No, because I think there are better stuff it on the doesn't. market. Um, so yeah, it's difficult for me. I honestly, I can't answer that question <laughs> okay well i mean that's day one eh? <laughs> yeah so i mean i think they, they, oh, do you still want to talk about that movie or should we move on to the overall no day? i was going to move on to day one really and just kind yeah. of say that the, it, it was an interesting day one at fright fest for us mm. obviously we love being there for day one this was the 20th year so it felt hype going into it and i wanted to be there for that day one hype um and it was fun obviously come to daddy gave us that um mm. but overall the day felt very uh quiet you know it seemed like a lot of people were waiting for day two yeah um because of the fact that these two movies were movies two and three um you don't have screens showing tons of different stuff day one mm. so this was basically your only option to watch these three movies and um a lot of people avoided it and i can see why because um you know these two movies our listeners have um spoken to us about a lot in cruel and scary stories because they've been out in america for so long so obviously you guys have already seen it months ago um anyone in the uk within 24 hours could have seen these two movies as well so they just did not feel authentically fright fest Mm. um and they did a good job a really good job of getting the the directors there and that was super cool and their q a's were really interesting um but it wasn't enough to elevate it to that fright fest experience that i want personally where i want this stuff that i don't think i'll ever see on a big screen and if i will i'm not going to be seeing it anytime soon um i i want that as opposed to what i got with these two movies and so i think you know, the three movies we saw were really good, but it did make me feel a little bit flat. And I think, you know, scheduling there was a problem. Yeah, I completely agree with you where it was a weird opening day where if you look at if you try and judge the movies overall, it was a really good day. Um, mm. I think that, yeah, we we don't remotely think any of the movies are bad. Um, I would say they're all at least good, um, yep. which is actually a step up from last year. Um, yeah. But the and actual a step up to recent weeks of our podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we can't even don't bring that up. It's in the past. Um, but uh it, it was weird it felt like a false start to fright fest where it was like yeah. here's this one movie that feels so fright fest in every single way and i'm really glad yeah. that it opened a festival and then here's just two horror movies and you know yeah. and we 100 percent get the politics behind that it makes sense for you to have this at your festival and it didn't make sense any other day other than the thursday well, well it couldn't have been any other day because you could have literally gone to the the the, the same cinema was probably showing those movies <laughs> on different screens yeah and certainly the one next door to it was heavily advertising crawl um yeah. so so at that point what's the point of being at fright fest and it's probably more expensive ticket like yeah you know you you've you they, they had to schedule it this day and that meant that we were watching a movie like scary stories at midnight which really ruined our experience of it so i think you know it it, it did get messy and it did make day one you know less hype than it that it should have been for the 20th year 
yeah in no other context would we ever have watched that movie that late either which is a shame but um yeah yeah it was it was a weird one because it definitely felt like and especially seeing it this year i mean you notice the volume in people from this night Mm. and then when we go forward and even get into friday and then even going into saturday it's like more and more people are just turning up so i think a lot of people made the conscious decision of like Mm. you know what there's one interesting sound movie and then two movies that even if i want to see them i can see them at any other time and i think overall that reflects i feel sorry for come to daddy the most because yeah looking at the big movies of this festival that people are talking about the most i don't see many people talking about come no to and daddy. i think that's because a lot of people weren't there for it. exactly they absolutely yeah. just didn't see this movie you know and i think that's mm. a shame um yeah but yeah it was an interesting one for sure um and we were very much kind of very tired but we managed to get our sleep ready for a very long day ahead of ourselves um yeah with our what crazy we, we schedule were, yeah we were getting out of uh scary stories at about what half one i guess at least having though, to walk yeah. back to a hotel uh try to sleep and get up ready to start our next film at ten thirty the next day one which we are very excited for yes so one um, of six <laughs> yeah we can have a lot to talk about but yeah this will you that those will come in our later parts but this was part one of our fright fest 2019 special uh thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon See you later, everyone. And through my veins and travels to my head, they said, You'll die soon enough anyway, shut up, I can't. Mainly because I never could, and how could I stop?